Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode I'll be joined by Bob Lowry and we're going to talk about some things to look out for when the water temperature starts to drop in the pool and some of the chemical reactions that will happen in colder water. And just note that Bob is having some health issues and in this podcast you're going to hear his oxygen machine in the background. I also left the intro in where I was talking to Bob about his health condition so you kind of have an idea that Bob does have some health issues that he's dealing with, and he's still coming on doing these podcasts, which I really appreciate. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Doing okay. Wearing a jacket, so it's cold over there. Yeah, it's a little cool this morning, and I my recent events have left me with a little bit of a a chill, even when it's warm out. So, mm. well, you know, I I don't know, I forget how much or what I have told people as that have has happened to me. But mm-hmm. while I was in the U.S., I had a um, and atrial fibrillation and my heart rate went up to about 180 and stayed there mm. and so i ended up calling uh 911 and going to the hospital in a an ambulance and they kept me overnight in the emergency room and got it down to about 120 and then they admitted me to the hospital and uh, I stayed there only until that night, and they got my heart rate down a little bit farther. And a few days later, I met with a cardiologist, and then a few days after that, I did the pre-op CT scan and blood work and stuff, and they uh, did what's called a, an ablation in my heart. They inserted three catheters uh, into uh, my thighs and went into my heart and burned away part of the uh, tissue by the orifices that lead out of the heart. That is where the receptors are that tell the heart to beat faster. And so um, they... uh, when they deaden those, then your heart doesn't get the message to beat faster. Mm. So it took about three hours for them to do that. Then I needed to recover a little bit while I was in the U.S. So um, I only got back to the U.S. a couple of days ago. You mean Peru? I mean to Peru. So at any rate, uh, I'm 
I'm back and I'm still, I don't know, maybe just a little bit foggy from being under anesthetic for uh, three or four hours while I worked on my heart. But everything else seems to be pretty much back to normal, although my lung disease has now advanced another step and I'm out of breath a little more often than I used Mm. to be. So um, things are advancing and it's not unexpected. The atrial fibrillation was unexpected, but the disease advancing is something that has been going to happen for some time. So um, I guess it's going to be now. Yeah, well, we'll be praying for your health, of course, and that you get a full recovery from the heart condition and that, you know, you've been living with this lung disease now for five years, over five years now. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, and and I feel fortunate anyway, because when I was diagnosed with the disease and went to UCLA um, for the first time, they told me that that I had the statistics were that everybody lives somewhere between two and five years mm-hmm. and that, you know, very few people live beyond uh, five years with this disease. In a couple of weeks, it, well, about 10 days, it will be uh, six years since the diagnosis. Mm, amazing. So, uh, it is kind of, I feel fortunate and to be here at all and, and to be able to continue my my life's work and passion is is even better. So, and maybe that's what keeps me going. You know, if I were sitting on the sofa, you know, waiting for the disease to overtake me, it probably would have. So, even today, if I feel like I'm out of breath, I'll have to turn on my my uh, oxygen machine and supplement my breathing a little bit. Yeah, let's tell the listeners a little bit about your history in the industry. I mean, you've you're pretty much a pillar of the industry. I, I I only say this to a few people as far as being a pillar, and you've you've done so much with your literature and with your your teaching. You've been in the industry for over forty. What is it? How many years now? Uh, this is forty-eight. It'll soon 48. be 40, forty-nine yeah. next year. So it's it's pretty amazing the the legacy that you've created with your teachings and your your background and I first found your your IPSA book um, many many years ago and that was your first publication through them and that was I would say what 12 14 years ago oh that Maybe was longer. probably yeah that was um, 15 years ago maybe yeah. Um, I think it's copyrighted in 2006, and it took me a, a year, a little over a year to write it. So, yeah, and that's that. To me, that was a, a big leap in knowledge. I mean, that was something. The things that you wrote in that book 16 years ago are not dated. For, you know, there's some new discoveries, of course, but as far as the basic principles that you wrote back then, and so that's what you do is chemistry principles and they evolve and you've discovered new things we talked about those in other podcasts and today we're gonna since you're wearing a jacket we'll talk about cold weather and we'll talk about uh, cold water and different things they have to be aware of 
And just before I start, I'd like to let the, the pros out there know that there's a pair of gloves that I wear in the wintertime, and they're called Atlas Gloves WG772M, and they're 26-inch long, so they go up to your your armpits, and they use them yeah. in butchers, use them in the meat lockers, you know? Sure. And so these things are great for the pool water because in, in your pool pole, you know, it kind of freezes to your hand when your hands are wet. So those gloves are just awesome out there in the cold weather. And I just put them on my dashboard and have the heater come on in between stops to warm them up again. And they get me through the winter months here in California, which is kind of wimpy because California probably isn't as cold as, you know, other states get. Yeah. So as far as cold water... Let's start with the first one. The chemical usage in a pool when the temperature is below 60, what happens with the amount of chemicals that the pool needs? Well, the needs are down just because things slow down with colder temperatures. The fact is that algae doesn't grow. And I've heard people say algae doesn't grow below 55 degrees. And for the most part, that's true. And for swimming pools, it's true. But there are algae not found in swimming pools that grow below 55 degrees. Garden variety algae that we get in swimming pools, it doesn't grow below 55 degrees. So when we get to 55, we don't need as much chlorine or as much uh, disinfectant in the water because there's not a, the algae isn't going to uh, reproduce. The cold water doesn't kill the algae, but it makes it so it doesn't produce or reproduce. You'll need less disinfectant, less algicides, and people say, I'm going to put a winter algicide in. I think that's a waste of money um, because if the water is going to be 55 or less, you don't need an algicide. Yeah, and in our area here, we don't close our pools down. I'm kind of skipping some of the questions here and moving them a little bit now that it makes more sense in this order. We don't close our pools here. We keep them open. So we're always adding muriatic acid to keep the pH in balance and things like that still. What about those areas? And I know I've, I get a lot of emails at the beginning of the season. People open their pools up, and there's all kinds of different problems with staining, with, you know, sometimes there's even algae in there. If they open later in the season. Now, if we're here year-round balancing the chemicals, but in other states, they just cover the pools, drain them down below the return lines. How does What's the difference? Why don't we do that? I mean, I know why we don't do it here, because the pools don't get that cold. But is there a major difference between those areas like New York, you know, some parts of the Midwest where they winterize their pools, and California, Arizona, Nevada, Florida, Texas, where we don't do that? If it were possible, they'd probably drain the water out of the pools in the north and, and fill them back up when it when it got to be warmer. But they just want to keep the water in there. You know, they want to keep it from freezing, and they need to protect the shell. And the best way, of course, to protect the, the vessel is to have some water in it, even if it freezes. Um, many times they, they actually plug the lines and and put uh, antifreeze in the lines and then remove the equipment and put it inside and then, you know, put the equipment back. So they're just dealing with a dealing with a, a small body of water that doesn't have any any circulation other than 
what they, you know, stir up during the winter. And most of them are too lazy to go out when there's three feet of snow on the ground and go brush the pool or circulate things around. Who wants to do that? They sometimes uh, drop a pump in there and pump the water around a little bit for a while. But for the most part, it's just a stagnant body of water for a few months until it warms up. And that doesn't affect, I mean, does it affect the surface at all? I mean, I probably never did any kind of, saw any kind of studies about that versus well, it, areas. It, it doesn't really. Um, of course, if the, if the, if the water's out of balance when you, when you shut it down, there's a good chance that whichever way it's out of balance is going to have a problem before you open it back up. I guess the main reason we don't do it in California, Nevada, Arizona, Florida, is that the water temperature doesn't get cold enough to where it would interfere with the LSI. Because I, I know that in the LSI... As the water temperature goes down, the, the, the water actually gets corrosive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it affects the LSI. Um, in general terms, it's about 15 degrees for each 0.1 on the saturation index. So if you're going to lower the water temperature from, say, 80 degrees down to 50 or 90 down to to 60, um, you need to account for the fact that it's going to be 0.2 less. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. depending on where you started. But if you were slightly corrosive to begin with, you can be really corrosive uh, uh, if you if you don't raise pH or alkalinity back up. um, You're going to have a problem with uh, the water being corrosive in that vessel. Um, It just slowly, literally dissolves some of the vessel. Yeah, so it's important to keep the water balance, even in the winter when you have the pool open. I know a lot of people figure, hey, it's cold out there. I'm not going to even bother with much, but that's not the case. What about a saltwater generator? I know that most of the cells won't produce after a certain temperature. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, most of them, I think it's about 60 degrees. It might be 55. But once you get the water temperature that low, um, you can't use electrolysis very well to make to make uh, chlorine. So um, they're pretty useless once you get below about 60 degrees. They're pretty pretty well useless. You don't need all that chlorine anyway that it would produce in any way because, as we said at the beginning, the chemical usage is really low. So it's yeah. really not a deal breaker if you were going with a salt generator. Yeah, the the only thing that you may want to do is maybe even remove the chlorine generator if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how it's it's uh, plumbed, you may be able to take it out and store it someplace so that it just doesn't have water sitting in it for months on end with with no. Because I'm sure there's still uh, a little leak of electricity in there anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you there's it may be only a small amount, but there is a leak of electricity, and you know you're going to wear the cell out even more if you leave it plugged in. So, so what I do with mine is I have uh, I have an extra cell that's no good, and I swap it out with the good one in the winter, and I turn my system off, and that way the good cell hopefully will last longer. And I started doing this because one of my cells burned out, died earlier than I expected. And I suspect it's because they left it in there all winter without removing it. 
uh, even if, even if it wasn't producing. And another thing that a lot of people will do in the winter is they'll tell the pool guy, well, since the water is cold, I don't need to circulate the pool much, so let's have it run two hours a day. Now, is there any logic behind something like that? My bottom line advice is either don't run it at all or it, or run it for a turnover. Mm-hmm. But um, don't don't just run it for a couple of hours. That's that's probably worse than running it for for no time or for a turnover. So a couple hours probably probably is no good. There's a lot of the pumps have the freeze protect mode where if the sensor notices that the water is getting to where it's going to be freezing, it'll turn the pump on by itself. Right. And yeah. what's you know we we kind of know the reason behind that because if the water freezes in the pipes and then it thaws out, it could crack him. Yeah, and of course we had that in in Texas this past year, yeah. where they had a freeze when nobody was expecting it, and and it ruined a lot of equipment and plumbing lines and and everything because once the water freezes, it expands. So. And that that's in an area where they didn't really winterize their pools like here because it does it never really got to that point in mo- most of those areas that froze. I don't think the customers or the pool pros, you know, drained out the pumps and. and did Nobody like that. anticipated that. Yeah. And and even though they heard that the cold weather was coming, I think they didn't think it was going to be that long. Mm-hmm. And and you know, because it's like when you put a a cube of of a tray of uh, ice cubes in the in the freezer. You know, you put it in there and and it doesn't make ice five minutes after you put it in. You know, it makes ice four hours from now or whatever. Uh So uh, they I'm sure they were thinking, well, you know, it's just barely below freezing and, you know, it's only going to be overnight. So, you know, nothing's going to happen. But, you know, once you get into days of it being that long, the water freezes everywhere. Yeah. So. And I think the power loss didn't help either, because then the systems that had the freeze protect shut down. Right. Yeah. So it was kind of like a double double hit. And what do you think about draining the pool in the winter to lower the cyanuric acid level? Because a lot of people use tablets all summer. For me, I think in the wintertime, it'd be ideal to drain the pool down partially to, to lower the cyanuric acid level in certain areas. Well, you know, I'm an advocate of a lower cyanuric acid anyway. So anything that we can do to keep the cyanuric acid down around 30 to 50 ppm is 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 a great idea. So, um, you know, drain drain of you know some of the water out in the winter time, and and when you fill it back up, the cyanuric acid will be less. Um, cyanuric acid does degrade um, a little bit, just biodegradation if you will uh it decomposes and the, it doesn't decompose very very quickly but over the few months of winter you can probably drop it maybe about 5 ppm a month it will drop just due to degradation mm-hmm. um and also there with the chlorine level low you may get some bacteria in the pool and we have had pools that during the winter time have a significant loss of cyanuric acid. And for a while, we didn't understand that. But um, there is a certain type of bacteria that like to eat cyanuric acid. And, and uh, 
it's not too common, but sometimes it happens that it gets in the pool. And during the winter time, since there's a low chlorine level, the the cyanuric acid level drops down to zero because it's food for the 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 bacteria. I wonder if that's the same bacteria they use in the bioactive uh, it reducer. Be, but the bioactive is a is an engineered bacteria along with an enzyme. Mm-hmm. And the enzyme makes it go faster. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a catalyst. And so the enzyme makes it go faster. But we've had pools where people say, you know, I opened my pool and my cyanuric acid level was zero. Um, that's, it, it is possible, and it, it is possible if the, the right bacteria gets in the pool. Huh, that's interesting. And so basically in the in the winter when it gets cold, Either you're in the area where you would winterize the pools or you're in the area where you would just keep them open and try to keep the water balanced. And there's, I mean, there's some areas that are kind of in between because I've gotten people that say they're in parts of Georgia and some neighbors close their pools, others don't. And so there is that gray area in some areas where you can keep them open or you can close them. Yeah, there are. And I don't know what parallel it might be north of, but mm-hmm. you're you're right. You know, once you get kind of above the 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 pool belt uh-huh. <laughs> of the of the U.S., uh, there's an area where you know you close it or you don't. You flip a coin. And I guess the only harm of not closing it would be that freeze damage. You know, if you do get that freezing weather and you're not running the pump. Yeah, you run that risk. You know, I I lived in North Georgia, which was where I lived was up in the mountains, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't actually too far from Tennessee. Some people tried to run their pools year round, and and just from year to year with the different weather, uh, one year it would be okay, the next year it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was kind of a a hit or miss type of thing anyway in those areas. Yeah, and I think for most most of the the people that are in the Sun Belt. Um, California, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, Florida. Once in a while, we'll get a customer that says, hey, you know, can I close my pool and cover it for the winter? And we try to explain to them that it doesn't get quite that cold to do something like that, that, you know, for five months to have it covered. Can't really do that. It's it's probably better to run it. Um, you know, water that sits for a long time like that, unless you are in a freezing condition, it just ends up causing problems you you know yourself if you've got if you've seen a clear vessel that you've had water in and let it evaporate down to where you know you've got uh, a few inches off it it, it kind of stains the glass mm-hmm. or that stains the cup or whatever and 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 it's difficult to even wash it. It doesn't come off very well, you know, and it usually end up using some vinegar or something, trying to, to get the glass clear again. Same thing happens in your pool. You know, you get, you get that ring around the top and as more and more water evaporates and the level gets lower, you get that ring mm-hmm. and, and it may cause a permanent, a permanent stain on some, uh, on some plaster pools. Yeah, and I guess another selling point would be the fact that the cold water can make it the water corrosive. And so as a pool tech, you have to balance that water even in the wintertime. So those those are all good and good points for the, the pool pro when they run if they run to a customer that, that wants them to winterize a pool in an area where it's not typically done. 
And probably the easiest thing to do is just throw in some some bicarb and get the alkalinity up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's probably better to do that. And that's and that's in areas like my area, a lot of the pool companies actually recover a lot of their chemical costs in the wintertime because in the summertime, well, this year, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but this year, the chemical cost is extremely high. And right. so in the winter, when you're not adding a lot of chemicals to the customer's pool, you're kind of recouping. Yes, yes. And if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're looking for more material that Bob Lowry has, you can go to his website, pcti.online, and he has these tech bulletins there along with other resources and he also has a link to sign up for his certified residential course you can find all that on his website if you're looking for more podcasts that i've recorded with bob lowry and i have several of them just go to my website swimmingpoollearning.com on the banner click on the podcast icon and in the menu when you're on the podcast site just type in bob lowry and all the podcasts that i recorded with bob will pop up there and you can listen to those at your leisure and if you're wanting to enhance your business definitely consider my coaching program at poolheadcoaching.com. You can learn more about that at that site, and you can also get a discount, or you also will get a discount on your general liability insurance when you become a member. Again, you can learn more at poolheadcoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.